in a world that tells us that if you're not happy, you can just change your job, end your relationship, start a new one, have a baby, get a puppy or five. We are constantly facing change in the pursuit of happiness. And yet, deep down, we resist this so much because nobody teaches us how to navigate transitions. Well, I'm here to change that. Join me and my guests every week to find the inspiration and actionable steps to dive into your next great chapter. Let's write it together. Hello, everybody, and welcome to an episode with a fantastic guest. This week, I have April Davis, who is the CEO and founding matchmaker of Luma Luxury Matchmakers, where she helps singles find their match. And I can't wait to hear onto all the wisdom that you learn from all the chapters of your life. So thank you so much, April, for being here today. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. The very first thing that I want to say is I've never talked to a matchmaker. So for anyone out there that doesn't really know what it is that you do, would you give us a brief description of what it is? Yeah, so what we do is we get to know and understand who they are and who they're looking for in their ideal match, and then we help them define that person. And our clients are typically business professionals, executives, a lot of business owners, you know, people that are really busy and they also have high expectations. And so they're not wanting to waste their time and energy online, you know, doing maybe apps or whatnot. And, or maybe they don't want to put their, you know, their picture out online so people can see it. And, you know, they want their privacy and confidentiality. And so we're the intermediary that we interview people on their behalf. And then on average, we end up interviewing about 50 people per client. So it's like, we're going on those 50 first dates for them. <laughs> and then we'll select from there who would be an ideal fit for them. And then we plan the date and everything. So, um, you know, we're selecting and, and planning. So all they have to do is just show up, have fun, get to know her and go from there. And for those who may say, well, that's what the dating apps are for. How would you say, hell no, this is nothing to do with dating apps. Anyone that's used a dating app knows how much time and energy goes into it. And you just, you never know what you're going to get. There are people that, of course, they lie about who they are. They have fake pictures. They don't present themselves. I mean, they may not even be single. Some people are just, you know, wanting to hook up. Some are actually wanting relationships. And so what this is, it's a more filtered experience. And, you know, everyone here, they actually want a committed relationship. And they've been vetted and interviewed by the matchmakers on my team. And the average tenure for matchmaking um, is there's 15 years. So there's a lot of experience on my team and people um, know they can read people very well. They have, they're a good, they're really good at what they do and really passionate about what they do. So is there any specific requirements that you ask for people to join your um, matchmaking services? Yeah, so to become a client, they, first of all, of course, have to be single and have to be wanting a relationship and a serious committed relationship. And also they have to be willing to be open-minded to the process. So we are not, you know, this is not Build-A-Bear, right? And we need people that are open to just trying something different and trusting the matchmakers, you know, what they do, they're doing. And, you know, it's, if what they were doing in the past was working, they wouldn't be here. So it's time to just try something different and have some faith in 
the matchmakers that you know they've been doing this for a while and they know what they're doing and they know what works and you know what's what what doesn't so how did you get into this i started it back in 2010 and actually i um my first couple i ever put together was when i was 16 years old because it was yeah it was just um i was working in a cafe and this guy would come in all the time and um i knew he was single and i also knew that one of the ladies that i worked with she was single and i thought they would be a good match so i got them together they ended up getting married and living happily ever after and so i've always been a connector whether it was you know for dating or of course friendships or business or something i just think that an introduction is the way that you can have really a profound impact on someone's life but it's so simple right and it's just being thoughtful of you know what somebody else what their needs are what they're looking for and thinking okay who do i know that would be a good fit and then making that introduction so i guess i've always done it and then my backgrounds in process improvement and i started looking into the different dating venues that people had and I'm also, oddly enough, I'm married to a divorce attorney. So talking to him all the time about relationships you know, and what works and what doesn't, it gave me a different perspective. And so with that, I found a way that I thought would be better for people to be able to connect and you know, find that relationship that they're ultimately looking for. Since you mentioned about your partner being a divorce attorney, I would love to ask you, most of the clients that I work with, they are going through a divorce. And one of their biggest fears is, will I find love again? And oh, right. Yes. right is, I mean, understandable. And they're, they're very, some of them are pretty traumatized with their experience. They feel like they lost trust in themselves. How couldn't they have seen what was coming? Do you find a huge difference between people who have never been married and people who have been married and now they're trying to find love again? I think it's, I mean, even if people haven't been married, a lot of them have gone through a long-term relationship and broke up and stuff. So they've kind of been through similar experiences, but I always tell people, absolutely. There's, you know, there's someone else out there for you. And I think you know, I'm really excited for people, especially I always think of like people in their 50s or it's kind of like the new or if you're, you know, long, a lot of times I see these clients that had been married for 20, 30 years and now they're getting out there again. And I'm excited for them because it's kind of like back in your 20s when you were just sing single and you know meeting people all the time and dating all the time, except for now, you know who you are and you have money <laughs> so you can do what you want. <laughs> and so and it's just it's different. You can select who you want. And whereas back then you kind of ended up just with whoever was around you, whoever you met and you got along with. And now you're a totally different person. So my, it's funny because my husband would always have the same thing come up with his clients. They would be worried that they're going to be alone forever. There's nobody else out there for them. Maybe their ex told them that all the time. So you know, they start to believe it. And I think the other thing with you, you may have heard of like the boiling frog and where the frog is in a pot of water and it's slowly is getting warmed up until it's boiling and when people are in a bad relationship it doesn't start off that way most of the time it just progressively gets worse and so they need to be kind of reprogrammed and resensitized to what's normal and what's acceptable behavior from a significant other so it's good to you know take that step back and you know do your homework and i always we my husband and i would always joke that you know he, he's the divorce attorney and i'm the matchmaker but we just need a therapist in between us and then people would be ready to go <laughs> and that 
that's just it. The thing is, it's, it's important to do your homework, whether it's you know, speaking to someone like you or with uh, a counselor or a therapist or reading a book, you know, or whatever it is, just so they're not like bouncing from relationship to relationship. And they're actually taking that time to reflect and, you know, just figure out what they want this time around and, you know, what their, um, where their boundaries are going to be, you know, who they are and, you know, what values are important to them. But I couldn't agree more about what you said. Like now you have more money, more freedom, and also you get to choose better. I think that in our 20s and early 30s, we still haven't really developed ourselves. So once you get to this point in life and you've already been through some major relationships and up and down, I feel like the success rate must be better, right? When, when you find that match. Well, I mean, think about when you're 20s, it's more superficial things like, oh, I want somebody that's tall or hot or has a nice car and you know but then you realize okay that stuff is secondary too is he a nice person <laughs> is or is she is she loyal you know those kinds of things it's just is different and that's why I always put a lot of emphasis on values because yeah we can want all those lovely superficial things but in all reality what makes a relationship are people's values I'm super curious then, since you are dealing with different age groups, how do you see the dating patterns of people in their 30s, people in their 40s, 50s, 60s? What is it that makes one tick and repels the other? Yeah, well, of course, when you're in your 30s, a lot of times they're looking for that first relationship. They're not divorced. And um, a lot of times they're, they're very successful. Like they put their career first and prioritize that. So relationship have you know been secondary until now they're okay now I'm established and I can make this more of a priority and so now they're kind of limited too on who's still available because a lot of people get married in their 20s and maybe to their college you know they met somebody in college and that's who they end up with so you know it's kind of a, a weird time because sometimes people have kids or they are divorced in their 30s so it's just it's a little different than whereas somebody in their 50s you know, some people might be retired, some might be grandparents, <laughs> you know, it's, it's different. And then um, I skipped the forties, but forties is, forties are really interesting because I can have a 40 year old that is wanting to have kids for the first time, you know, and want to get married and have their first child. And I can have another one that is a grandparent. So it's, just, they're so different um, where people are in that stage of their life. So and are you finding, <laughs> yeah, and are you finding uh, that, men are from Venus and women are from Mars and they want completely different things or is the the level field being a little bit more common? No, I, I mean, it's definitely people want different things and um, that's a great book. <laughs> I think everybody should read and, um, and just to better understand how we are not, it's, it's not just like, um, you know, it's not a joke. It's, it's real. Like we're biologically wired very differently and it's important to understand that. So I was just listening to something today about, um, the psychologist was talking about how women will talk to their husband very differently than anyone else. Like any, if any other guy or anyone else spoke to that guy in the same way the woman would, it would be like a fight. You know, the guy would want, would feel like he needs to protect himself and, you know, they, he's going to punch this guy or something. Whereas when a wife talks to the man like that, it's, 
maybe it isn't even about her like necessarily coming at him. It's more about her feeling insecure and she needs to feel reassured. Maybe he did something and she's not feeling heard or whatever it is. And a lot of times there's just a lot more to it. And that's the importance of being able to understand the the other gender and like what what is you know causing them to act a certain way. You know, it's it's more than just the surface level. And it's unfortunately very complicated. <laughs> <laughs> and are you seeing now with the newer generations that are so heavily dependent on technology mm -hmm. when they have to actually meet in person? I, I'm beginning to sense that they have no clue what to do. Do you help them with that process? Like what you were saying, we prepare the first day. Like, do you guide them in the process? Because I think that they need an education. God bless them. They're just being very in the well, tech world. It's not just a generational thing. It's the whole society, everyone, especially because of COVID. You know, we lost that human connection. We've forgotten mm -hmm. how to connect, how to, have, how to have conversations. You know, everybody has been isolated for so long and um, it's different, you know, getting back, to, getting together and actually getting to know someone. And people do get stuck in their habits of, well, just, you know, swiping and messaging. And um, but then when they actually have to get in front of someone and have a conversation, they are just you know, at a loss for what to do. And yeah, it's, I'm really concerned about the younger generations because they, I mean, we've all seen it where there's a table full of people and they're all on their phones, you know, nobody's actually talking or they're all, I mean, just out and about at some place amazing and everybody, they're on their phone instead of actually enjoying the experience and being, pre you know, present. I was even watching a documentary recently about these kids in Japan that they actually just have like virtual girlfriends. It's, it's not real. It's just an avatar, but they are so connected to them and they are program to hit on all the dopamine centers. So they only have the pleasant side of relationships. They don't have the human side. They don't have, we're talking about arguments or really. forms of communication that may trigger you. So I cannot imagine what's going to happen. Yeah. Japan has their own set of problems with relationships. <laughs> so, but that's, yeah, that's one of, I guess that's one solution that they've come up with to try to address the lack of relationships and but yeah, Japan has a lot of issues with regards to um, marriage or, or not. <laughs> I mean, yeah. not getting married, <laughs> you know, families. So. so going back to most of my audience will be women who, again, are thinking about getting a divorce or not. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious when, when I talk to them and we start planning, they, okay, so you're going back to dating. Their okay. biggest thing is, what you were saying about they're very interested in values, but their values have shifted. Um, before they were interested in chemistry, they were interested in like what you were saying, you know, the appearances, is he financially stable? Is he going to be a good dad? But now they shifted to someone else. I'm curious to hear what it is that your women, the, the divorced women are, are actually after. And also what are the divorced men after? Yeah, so women, I think most of the time, the number one thing is, well, number one and two, I would say is confidence and sense of humor, you know, and then of course, you know, they want somebody that is financially secure and, um, you know, responsible, has his, has his stuff together, really. And I mean, then there's a whole like a laundry list. Everybody's kind of different on what's important to them. And then for men, 
I always say as long as, you know, if she's attractive, she guys are looking for someone that's attractive and cool. And so what I mean by that, I mean, attractive is self-explanatory, but cool means like low drama, easygoing, just easy to get along with and doesn't, um, you know, not, um, I keep saying, I'm keeping it getting low drama. So it doesn't want to like pick fights and just lets, you know, kind of lets him be who he is. I mean, everybody can use, we can all, you know, tighten up the hinges a bit. <laughs> we can all, you know, improve ourselves a bit, but we want somebody that loves us for who we are. And, um, and nobody really wants to live with their mother and somebody that's a nay, you know? So that's really, if I was to sum it up, what guys are looking for is attractive and just cool, <laughs> like easy to get, easy going. So. And I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot. I hope that you're going to give me the answer that I want, but I'm open to hear whatever it is that's out there. But I would love to demystify one of the biggest fears is I have children. And so they see that as a burden. And in my experience, men haven't really cared about that. They, that's like a, yeah, something on the background. Is that what you've been experienced or are men saying like, no, just forget about the children. I'm not dealing with that. Pretty much everybody does, <laughs> especially if you're like 40 and above, pretty much everybody has kids. So the only time that it, I see that it comes into um, play, like when people are, um, when we're matching is like, if somebody's in their thirties and like, maybe they don't, they're looking for their person to have their children with, and maybe they don't want to be with somebody that already has children. But so often people do that we end up helping people to realize like, well, you know, the chances are you're going to meet somebody that's great that already does have children. And like some of the benefits of dating somebody that has children are X, Y, and Z. Like she's um, responsible, you know, very nurturing, you know, and whereas maybe somebody that doesn't might be a little more, um, you know, just maybe selfish or just, I mean, I, I hate to stereotype, but stereotypes exist for a reason. So that's kind of generally what I have seen. And then the other side of it is um, maybe somebody that's retired they don't want to date somebody that has young kids at home because they want to be able to travel and you know, have that flexibility so that's the only other time that I've seen it really come into play as long as you are able to take care of your kids and you're not just looking for somebody else to come in and play that role of mom or dad and then and you know and also you're financially able to take care of them I don't see it as a problem for people you know but people just don't want to on the first date you know have that expectation that yes if we pursue this then I need to um, be financially responsible for your kids and blah 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 you know there's that's a different kind of um, expectation I guess. Fair enough fair enough and for those who are again like thinking well if I'm gonna go into the dating world what would be a couple of tips that you will have besides obviously hiring you and your services but what else would you recommend for getting ready to date again? I would just take an inventory of yourself and say okay where what do I need to work on I mean you're never going to be perfect and you're never going to be 100% ready and um but that's okay because you're human and you're not expected to be perfect and so but whatever area that you think you could you know <laughs> just improve upon and i'm not saying you have to like cinderella yourself it's just making little tweaks to turn the dial like 10 percent and maybe it's okay 
I need to actually work out or, you know, be committed to that diet to help me to lose weight. That's a, that's a very common one that I think hear people saying that they, you know, they want to lose weight before they start dating. But I think the more important one is just getting your life in order, you know, having good boundaries with your ex. And, um, and sometimes it's not, you know, really in your control, but at least you can put boundaries on them and you can, only thing you can affect is really like how you react to them. And so if you have a good system and support system in place, maybe you're getting the right kind of therapist with you to help teach you how to have good boundaries with your, with your ex. I know that's a really important one for people because they don't want, maybe, you know, they don't want somebody that's divorced or kids because they don't want to deal with like all the, the ex drama. Well, and if some their people are very different in their relationships with their exes are very different. So that's important to you know, get that in place, um, you know, maybe like financially stable, you know, all those kinds of things are really important. Just when I say like, get your, get your house in order, you know, it's just what do you need to do to really help make yourself more attractive to the other person. Mm. And I always recommend that they leave a gap that as much as, you know, you may feel lonely, you may feel ready to jump back into the pool do that kind of work that you're talking about kind of on your own. And some people can do that as the divorce process goes through, but others find that, okay, now that I'm divorced, let me work on myself first, spend a little bit of time on your own. I know that some of us get freaked out about the idea of a long time, but just a little bit to get to know yourself and again, your priorities. Well, yeah, know yourself and who you are as a single person, because, you know, when you're in a relationship, oftentimes you start to mesh into the other person and, you know, you need to rediscover who you are and what, what do you really like? Or did you just do that or go to that restaurant all the time? Because that's where your spouse liked to go. And I mean, maybe, maybe you don't really like Indian food that much. And so like those kinds of things are just kind of um, just re-exploring and re you know, trying to be curious again and learn something different and, you know, see things differently. It can be, you know, pick it, maybe pick up another hobby or maybe an old hobby that you haven't done in a while and, you know, kind of, or, you know, meet some new people, friends and stuff. So it's just, you're, the more capable and stable you are on your own, the more attractive you're going to be to a partner too. And so that's, you know, people that I've, I've known people that just kind of bounce from relationship to relationship and they just cannot be alone at all. And I mean, I think they're missing out <laughs> really that, you know, they don't, they're not having time to really like reflect and, and think of, you know, who, who they are as an individual anymore. And also as part of the emotional pre-work before dating again, I think it's very important to take it as it's going to be exciting. Like what you were saying about curiosity, just be curious and take it as I'm going on a date instead of making it like the be all end all of I got to stress about it. Just make it fun. Just be a meeting with someone. If it works great, if it doesn't. Right. I see a lot of people that turn it into a mountain, right? They think that, oh my God, I got to decide like if he's the one, am I going to have sex with him? Am I going to take him home for Thanksgiving? Da, da, da. And, um, and really, like, no, you're just there to, on that first date, to decide if you want to see him again on a second date. <laughs> and, you know, you're just there to have fun. And if you go in 
I think it's important to just change your mindset going in on that first date. So a lot of times people go in and they're like, okay, show me why you think I should like you, you know, or what, you know, then they have this mentality that they're going to pick the person apart. And if instead they went in with the mindset of I'm going to be giving and I'm going to give this person a, you know, a great experience, they're going to have fun because I'm going, we're going to laugh. We're going to talk about things that they're interested in. And I'm going to learn about their passions. You know, people love to talk about themselves. So give that person the opportunity, you know, to have, you know, be a good ear, be a good friend to them in that first date. Because, you know, oftentimes I don't even feel like the first date is even a date because you're just really getting to know each other and trying to decide, do I even want to date you? you know, ultimately, it's just, it's more of an introduction. It, it's almost, I, I see dating like interviewing for a job, you know, in a more relaxed way, like just have fun with it. But ultimately, if, if you don't get the job, it's not like, okay, just jump off a rooftop. It's like, okay, so this wasn't the right one. Let's move to the next one. But again, if you put so much expectation into it, if you start thinking about how will I embroider our towels with our names together after the first day? Then yes, it's going to be a pretty stressful process. Yeah, like, I know I have people that will read a, a profile of somebody and like, no, it's not going to work because, you know, X, Y, Z and some, some stupid minor thing. Like you have no idea. Oh, it's because he, he has kids and, you know, I don't want somebody that has issues with their ex-wife I'm like how can you how do you how would you know how do you know that he, there even is an ex-wife that is around anymore how do you know that maybe she, she's awesome I know plenty of people that get along great with their exes and um, you know it's is everybody is unique and the moment people start you know spewing out generalizations and you know blanket statements over groups of people then I just I think they're being way too narrow-minded because I've literally I've met thousands of people and whenever I start to like generalize or I think I found a stereotype then I'll meet somebody that like blows that stereotype out of the water there's no such thing everybody is unique and it's worth you know giving them a chance to get to know them and understand their full story and it takes longer than five minutes to do that yeah and and just go to the meeting with an open mind an open heart and you know the expectation of let's have fun and if this works we'll meet again and if it doesn't and even if it's like okay of a date, give it another shot because that first introduction is just people are nervous and not everybody is a great dater. And actually I'd be leery of people that are really good on the first date because those people might be professional daters and you don't necessarily want one of those because they're not necessarily relationship material. So it's important to have that perspective and seeing people in different at different lights like doing different things on the date so maybe you have dinner on one time at one date and then you go and do some kind of event or activity on another date so that way you can kind of see how they are under different lights because I always think about this one time I met this guy at a networking event and um I, we connected and I was like okay let's let's um, meet for coffee and we're gonna I was interviewing him to see if he'd be a match for one of my clients and when I first met him, I thought he was kind of nerdy and um, shy. And then when I met him for coffee to do the interview, I was like, I literally had to go look back at my notes because I'm like, is this the same person I thought it was? Because he was so different. He was like suave when I met him for coffee. I'm like, okay, and felt he seemed a lot more confident. But it was just, I think he was nervous and just felt awkward. You know, at the at the, um, it was more of a, of a 
networking events and you know we're having this per a conversation that is very personal and there's other people around so maybe he was nervous other people could hear us talking whereas when it was just one-on-one -on -one, you know quiet coffee, coffee it was just he was a lot more comfortable and he felt like maybe he felt like he knew me better at that point so it's just it's interesting like how you can see people under different lights and so often people say oh i can know within five minutes i'm like i guarantee you can't because i know myself and depending on my mood i'm a very different person or how much caffeine i've had i'm a very different person <laughs> so. exactly and if you're feeling nervous about going there they probably feel yeah. in the same way and we're not acting like how we usually are so again to me it's all about just have the expectation of I'm going to have fun. Do not attach the outcome of this to your self-worth. Like if you get rejected quotation marks and you know they don't want to date with you again, then just take it as okay, next. That was a that was an interesting conversation. Hopefully you got some life hack out of it or some data right. hack that you can use. Right. And if nothing else, maybe you, you had a nice dinner or something <laughs> or drink or something like that. I mean, exactly. you can learn something from everyone, even if it's maybe not a great thing like maybe you can learn oh this person this is a sign of somebody that's narcissistic or this is you know whatever <laughs> like you can we can all learn something from every um, experience and, and social interaction that we have absolutely the only thing that i feel people are really concerned about and i'm sure that you watch um, the netflix series dirty john do you watch it what's it the netflix series dirty john um, no, I don't think I have seen it. Oh, you should watch it. It's really, really good. And it's just to give you the quick lowdown, but it's the story of this woman that meets a man through an, through an app and then right away they connect chemistry, fireworks, they get married two months later and then he ended up being a psychopath and, you know, oh. once... Yes, I did see this. Yes. yes. Right. And I think that that's the biggest fear, but that's why a service like yours comes into play. And it's so handy because you guys have done all that vetting process. So well, if, I can tell you, we've met people like that too. And so we can, we find out, yeah, who's, who's real and who's fake pretty easily. It's, it's crazy. Like we've, um, it's, yeah, it's just amazing how elaborate these people are and there's their lies and and oftentimes it's like for what you know for why like what purpose what are you trying to eat? for from us anyway I mean I, I get like that guy was stealing money from people but yeah it's just it's weird how these delusional people operate and yeah I, yeah I don't get it <laughs> but even if that's someone's fear to not date again what I'm saying is like just use a service like yours that way, you know that the, the likelihood of that happening is so so small that you can go back into the dating pool with confidence. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's, I mean, there, that's one reason. There's like a lot of other things too that we are filtering out <laughs> for our clients. So. Well, this was fascinating. I'm so happy that I met you and I got to get the lowdown on this. I always get to the end of the podcast and I want to ask you how people can find you and your services. Where's the place where you hang the most? I will also add it on the show notes so everybody can go and check it. But the best way to communicate with you will be? If, yeah, people can just go to our website at lumasearch.com and it's L-U-M-A search, S-E-A-R-C-H.com and fill out the profile form. And from there, they'll be prompted to schedule a time to meet with a matchmaker and she will inter you know, meet with them and get to know them, understand you know, who they are and who they're looking for and make a determination if we can help them to find that person.
That's amazing. And I have two more questions for you that I ask all my guests. The first one is, where do you see your next great chapter? What's in your horizon? You know, I think we're just continuing to grow and expand and, you know, get the word out there that a service like Luma exists and, you know, continue to help people. And not just by putting bodies in front of each other and just doing introductions. I think that it's a lot more than that. So we have really been focused on enlisting other other people onto our team to help singles. So we have our clients will go through um, a whole relationship. You know, they can if they want to, if they elect, elect to, they can go through um, an educational really, um, program on relationships or they can meet with a holistic, um, a spiritual um, spiritual relationship uh, coach or a dating coach or a wardrobe coach. And we have them do photos. Like it's a, it's a, it's a all holistic type of experience with us, you know, versus just you know, introductions. Because I think, you know, for finding a relationship, it's, it's not just that simple. It's not about, okay, it's, sometimes it can be a numbers game, but oftentimes we have other things that can, if we make little tweaks here and there, that can help our chances of being successful. That's so exciting. I, I agree with you. And where do you see the world's next great chapter? Well, I think, unfortunately, I think that we're taking, we've taken a step back and um, being able to connect and build relationships. I think that people are looking at relationships and other people like commodities and kind of like, oh, on Amazon, we can get immediate gratification. We can buy whatever we want or just order it up on Amazon and it's delivered the next day. And they kind of think about people and relationships the same way. And um, I think that, you know, people are just going to get hurt with that kind of mentality and realize it doesn't work. And so they're getting away from, you know, really connecting and bonding. And so that's why I think a service like um, ours and we're, you know, working with a, a dating coach or therapist or whatever can help be really helpful to people to ultimately get what they want. Because, you know, unfortunately, you don't learn how to, you don't learn those social skills and relationship skills that we need that are so important in life. And we're just expected to kind of bounce around and figure it out. And I think that it's something that I think more and more people are becoming aware of it and um, and doing more and exploring more. It's um, about, you know, just psychology and, and, you know, people in general, but there's still a lot for us all to learn. Couldn't agree more, but turning that depressing fact into something positive for those who choose to work with you and do the inner work, then they'll have a much better find chance of finding that amazing person. So I'm so grateful that you're offering this service and that you're changing the way that people relate and date. And I really want to thank you for your time today and for what you're doing. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And for everyone else, I'll see you next week. Goodbye. Hey, if you're passionate about helping others move to the next chapter and want to join one of the fastest growing industries, I would like to invite you to my upcoming training to become a certified holistic divorce coach. Just head over to olganadal.com and click on the Holistic Divorce Institute tab. I can't wait to meet you inside the program.